Welcome to the Church Fam Podcast, presented to you by Highland College Ministry in Waco, Texas. My name is Drew Humphrey, and I'm the college pastor here at Highland. If you like this podcast and want to keep up with us, go ahead and hit subscribe or follow so that these episodes can be delivered directly to your phone each week. We've got a great episode planned today, so let's jump right in. All right, and here we are with Camry and Ben. So why don't you all introduce yourselves? Ben, you can start, and then we'll go to Camry. Yeah, I'm Ben Calkins. I just graduated Baylor in May with a major in religion and history, and now I work here at Highland, and I'm part of our college ministry staff team going to seminary online. Um, I'm Camry. I'm a junior. I've been at Highland literally since my first Sunday in Waco. How oh, fun. Um, I'm on leadership team this year, and I lead a girls' CG I'm a journalism major. We love to write. Yes, that's awesome. Well, we're glad you guys are with us today and excited to get some more conversation. And, and hopefully this will kind of build out on what we had at College Night the other day. So if you missed College Night and you're listening to this, you can find the sermon on our podcast, the same feed that you're on right now. You can scroll up. You'll find it just a, an episode or two back. and Or you can go to YouTube, our YouTube page, which you can just search Highland College Ministry on YouTube and you'll find it on there. And really, we'd recommend you to listen to that first, just because what we're going to talk about today is just sort of unpacking that. And so it wouldn't make really any sense. You're going to be missing a whole lot if you haven't heard uh, that message yet. We want to spend some time this month on this podcast digging in deeper. A big part of College Night are these tables, right? It's like it's not just the message. It's really the message is teeing up these tables. And so uh, I want to start by asking the two of y'all, you know, maybe one of you can answer like when you were at your tables, you know, the other night at college night, what was it, what were some of the things that were happening either in your heart or in the conversations surrounding that message at college night? At my table was a group of girls. And I think it wasn't a question of whether or not we were torn. It was, what are you torn in? None of us are perfect. The only person who lived and was perfect was Jesus. Um, it was, what were you torn in? Um, and in that, considering what is your, what's your game plan? Um, how are you going to put up guardrails and boundaries in your life um, to offset those things and to strive for faithfulness and for righteousness, I think, in my table. That's good. Yeah, we talked a little bit about just what it, what it means to be on the fence in relation in relation to your relationship with Christ, and then exactly what Camry said, kind of not a question of if you are on the fence, but how you're on the fence, and how you can help one another get off the fence, and how you can even put up guardrails, and just how you can be praying through how to get off the fence and more faithfully dive all in with the Lord. That's awesome. That's so great. Well, I'm sure if we ask the other you know, however many 70 tables that existed, we'd all get different answers, but, but I'm glad that we have a good starting point together. So, you know, Zedekiah, he's just an interesting guy, you know, 21 years old, he's the king. I mean, none of us at 21 years old probably deserve that much power or need to have that kind of power. Uh, He certainly blew it, you know, and and didn't do a good job there. But, um, you know, he was, he was always sort of on the fence, as we talked about, he was on the fence, like he was listening to God, he wanted God's blessing, but he could never go all in, right? And, And so, Let's get away from him for a second and, and, and apply it to our life. That's really what this conversation is about is, is now that we've studied deeply this guy's life, how does it apply to us? So, you know, why do we, uh, like this guy, Zedekiah, why do we ignore God? Like what are some of the reasons that we ignore God or, or what maybe rebels us against his will or his plan or his word? You know, how does that question resonate with you all coming out of this message? Um, I think 
you you reference um, Ephesians one um, in our discussion, and I think for me, what hit home with, was there are a lot of phrases in there that were just really big, and it was um, the immeasurable power of Jesus um, and attaining the spirit of wisdom and a revelation of the knowledge of God. Um, and what really stuck out for me um, was the immeasurable power of God. And I think a lot of ways we can ignore God is because we don't recognize how immeasurable Jesus' power is. Um, we don't get it. And I know me growing up in the church for so long, I've gone to church my entire life, and I've had Jesus laid out for me his entire life so many times, and it's almost as though it's powerless for me so many times. Um, and it's just mundane. It's just something I know, just like going to school. But if I truly understood in all aspects of my life how deep the immeasurable power of God is, I wouldn't be so reluctant to put uh, my faith in him so often. Right, right. I, I love, you know, when you reference that, I always think back to what he says in, in Ephesians 1, where it's like, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be opened. And he starts listing off all these things, right? Like he, he lists off like this glorious inheritance and, and all these different kinds of things. But then he gets down to the power, which is what you're talking about, right? And it's like this realization that we already have the power in us if we're believers, right? It, what he's praying for is not that we get more power, that we get more of God, but it's like that our eyes would be open to what we have already, you know? And um, in the message, we talked about it in this sense that Zedekiah, you know, he's approached by his buddies and they're like, we should kill Jeremiah. And, and we talked about how when you're on the fence, you're influenced by what's lesser than you, right? You know, in the sense of, you know, that, that he had total power to, to just tell them no, but instead he's like the king, he actually says the king has no power, like do what you want to do. And, and, and when we're on the fence, we're influenced by what's lesser than us and bringing it back to our story in, in Ephesians chapter one, like that just happens all the time. Like we forget our eyes are not open to the power that's within us. It's actually just fixated on, you know, what's in front of us, the sin or the, or whatever else. And we think, well, we, we're just, we're, we have no control. Right. And so that, that's huge. That's, that's, that's an important thing to talk about. Ben, anything to add there? Anything you want to kind of throw in the mix? I think it's a beautiful de demonstration and image that that power is not just kind of loosely floating around, but it's demonstrated on us. And that's not just a reality of when we were saved, but that's an everyday new mercies every morning reality that the same power that conquered death and brought us life is in us and that we through Christ have the power to defeat sin and shift our eyes from just our circumstances to him. And so that's just a beautiful thing. That's awesome. I love that. So uh, going to like another question that, why is Christ worth choosing? You know, we talked a lot about obedience in the sermon, uh, about getting off the fence. And, and what about Christ for one or both of you is makes him worth choosing? You're both leaders. You're both, you know, um, discipling other people. So obviously you're choosing Christ and doing your best every single day to choose Christ. Why is he worth choosing to you, obeying and walking with him day by day? Yeah, I think Christ is worth choosing is because Christ is essential. And Christ is, to have Christ is to have food and drink for daily living. It is, especially the term essential is being thrown around a lot these days with what's essential, what's non-essential. We need to limit ourselves to what is essential. And I think Christ is one of those things that is just non-negotiable. Non he is essential in life and church is essential even more in life that even as freshmen or new students, they're always trying to decide what to get involved in, what to really put roots down in. You don't want to just be spread thin and church and Christ, most importantly, is one of those things that you need to consistently prioritize. You need to be 
um, rooted in because Christ and relationship with him is essential, not just doing the things of Christianity, but really pressing into the relationship that is essential in Christ. And that is why it is important and necessary to follow him. The son's track record is so clean. His father's track record and his resume is pristine. It's flawless. Um, and so just like going into a job interview, the first thing you put down is a resume. It tells something about yourself. Why not trust them? Why not? Why not trust the Holy Spirit in me who is getting the direction to give me straight from the Father? Why not? Why not trust him? We talk about hearing um, the Holy Spirit's voice and what does God have for us? Uh, why not trust that voice? Why not want to get to know somebody who is flawlessly good um, and all throughout his word it shows that he's good and not only does he say he's good he's proven it um, from the front page to the back page um, and so why not why not want to get to know his character more and know his voice and be able to follow it that's awesome and you talked a lot about like hearing his voice listening to his voice and you know I think all of us, whether, you know, you're the preacher guy on the stage, you know, who, who gave the message or you're the, the freshman who's never been, you know, to church here at Highland or somewhere else before you're not even a Christian. There's a tension a lot of times where it's like, am I hearing God's voice or am I hearing my voice or am I hearing, you know, Satan's voice? Like, and there's this sort of tension. In fact, I had a student come up to me actually after the gathering uh, last night at college night and, and he was really asking that exact question. Uh, basically saying, like, I, I don't know sometimes if I'm hearing God's voice or if I'm hearing my own selfish heart or my own desires or, you know, no matter how, like, wicked or just sort of neutral they, they might be, it's hard to discern sometimes. And, um, and when we were talking, one of the things that we sort of unpacked together was, you know, when Jesus says that my sheep will hear my voice, like they know my voice. And, you know, when we were talking about that, he, he, was, he, he was saying, this student, he's like, you know, it's sort of like my best friend. Like if I'm in a crowd of people, my best friend like calls out and says something like I can hear him in a crowd of voice, right? In a crowded, you know, group of people with all their voices, I can hear his voice. I said, that's exactly right. But the reason you know your best friend's voice is because you've spent so much time, right? Like listening and talking and doing these things, right? So what does that mean for us? How do we discern God's voice? How do we know if it's his voice versus not? We need to spend more time in the word. We need to spend more time with Jesus. We need to know what does God sound like? Like, what would God say? What is his heart towards certain things? Would he, you know, hate me and kick me out of his family forever? You know, do, what does he think about sin? What does he think about loving others? What, is, what does he think about me? All of these sorts of things. The more that we know his word, the more we know his voice. When that moment comes up and it's like, am I hearing the Holy Spirit like you were talking, Cam, or am I hearing something else? The more that we know his voice because we've been in the word, it's like, that sounds like God. You know, and that's why we need to spend day by day time in the word, you know, and, and that's not going to happen, you know, overnight. Like it's, it's a little bit every single day. It's like when you're on a workout plan, you know, it's like you don't just show up buff, you know, a week later, you know, coming out of Planet Fitness or whatever it is. You know, it's like it's every single day or a few times a week, whatever it is, like a little bit of progress. Right. And that's the same way with hearing God's voice. So I think that's that's such an important thing that you guys are talking about there. So one of the things uh, that we also sort of saw but we didn't get to fully is that, you know, in the, in the message we talked about Jeremiah 37 and 38, which is sort of the tailspin, you know, last moments of King Zedekiah. But then we get to chapter 39, which, you know, we didn't really get to unpack together, but we'd encourage anybody listening to this to go read Jeremiah 39 because it's kind of the pinnacle sort of fall of the nation of Israel and, and King Zedekiah. Just talking about this, just, you know, Essentially, we could sort of sum it up by saying what happened to him is that ultimately he did 
you know, stay on the fence. And he sort of waited till that last moment. Instead of surrendering like he kept being asked to do over and over again, he, he ended up not surrendering and trying to run, and that ended up being his major downfall. Like, I mean, it's, it's really gory. Like, he gets his eyes gouged out, and he watches. Before that happens, he watches his kids, you know, killed in front of him, and he's carted off into captivity. And it's just this horrible thing that happens to him, all because he didn't listen to God, which said, if you'll just surrender, you'll live. And, in fact, the city won't burn and your family will live, right? And so... He's in that tension. He's in that place, and and his downfall ends up sort of ruining him. And so, essentially, for us, bringing it back to us, you know, denying Christ will will be our downfall, right? There, there's there's so much opportunity before that to to affirm Christ, to go to Him, but but denying Him is what ends up being our downfall. So, you know, as we talked about that, as you thought about your life in relation to those things, what are some things that you thought about? Whether it's like a, another scripture or, or somewhere else uh, that maybe you guys had been thinking about at your tables or. Um, what comes to mind is definitely Romans 7 is like I know in my own life ways in which I know exactly what's the right thing to do and I don't do it Um, and Paul talks about that he says I do the very thing I hate I know what's right and I don't do it and that is that's us Um, and we deny Christ and we know that sin leads to sin and sin gives birth to death that's in James and it's going to happen when we deny Christ and we know what's right Um, and he ends that with um Who's going to deliver me from this body of death? There's a war raging within me um, against what I know and what's in my mind and within the sin within me. And who's going to deliver me from that? Um, He says, thanks be to God that I have Jesus Christ. Um, That is, you ended the sermon with, that is the only way. We can have a game plan. We can implement all the righteous people in in our lives. But without a foundation in Jesus, we all fail. We all are Jeremiah. Um, that is, that's the only way, knowing his voice, like you said, um, knowing his character to be able to discern the Holy Spirit and say, that's the Holy Spirit because I know what Jesus has said about the, his self, and that falls in line with that. Um, and being able to follow that well is how we lead a faithful life and get to the end. And Lord, and the Lord says, um, good job, my faithful servant. That's good. That's good. Yeah, and the beautiful thing is the downfall and the desperation is when we have when we try and do it on our own but it doesn't stop there romans 7 goes on into romans 8 and even our pastor pastor john spent some time working through romans 8 this summer in a sermon series and one of the beautiful verses that's often quoted is romans 8 1 the therefore there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in christ jesus and the therefore is referencing the romans 7 passage that you just talked about and that there is freedom offered in christ but in our own strength and in our own merit we will always fall we will always downfall we will always fail to heed the lord's voice but in christ there is freedom there is no condemnation and you are not your sin but you are a son and a daughter and a beloved heir of the throne i love that and i mean the truth about god you read it throughout scripture look at our lives look at any christian's life anybody's life god is always slow to anger right you know and i mean we see God's sort of wrath pour out right here in this moment. And we just zoom in on this moment. We think, wow, God's like a mad God. He's an angry God. But we don't see the the centuries of this back and forth going on where God's holding it back, right? And he's giving grace and he's giving opportunity. And of course, even in King Zedekiah's life, like he's had opportunity after opportunity. These people, I mean, Jeremiah has been there for 40 years saying, just surrender, like do, you know, turn away from God over and over again. And God's slow to anger, giving opportunity after opportunity, right? This is what's happening in that story. But how about our story? I mean, it's the same thing, right? I mean, we have opportunity after opportunity, uh, but ultimately that comes to an end for everybody. The opportunity doesn't extend 
in perpetuity, right? I mean, for Zedekiah, it came to this point in chapter 39 where it was like, that's it. Like your opportunity's closed. You've had the time and you're now choosing to stay torn or stay on the fence or not listen to me. Right. And for us, it's like Jesus, there's no condemnation in Jesus, but you have to put your faith in Jesus. You have to build your life on Jesus. It's not just, yeah, it's a choice, right? It's this this moment that it's like, I need to, to do this and I need to, to not just keep sort of, Hey, another year of like being torn, sitting on the fence, flirting with faithfulness. Like I'll take care of it next year or next semester or whatever else. And, And I think that's an important thing for us to realize that it does come to a head at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a daily That's choice right. too. It's like what you're saying. It's not just a one-time thing. It's not just a at this conference or at this camp or this summer I'm going to live like Christ. But it's a daily reality. You have to consistently remind yourself of I'm going to live for Christ That's today right. when I wake right. up. And, and I mean, the bottom line is like choosing Christ will always lead us to life and freedom. Ten thousand feet mm-hmm. in our life. Amen. Choosing Christ means eternity with God. Day to yeah. day in the micro, you know, on the on the, the today aspect. If I wake up, I choose Christ. Uh, and I get off the fence and I quit flirting with faithfulness, but I just actually just sit at Jesus' feet. Like I get that life, I get that freedom. And so it matters in both settings, right? And so just kind of closing it up, any sort of like practical takeaways for you? Like I want to do this differently. I want to live my life a little bit differently um, from this message, anything like that, that that you're thinking of, or how did God sort of lead you out of that space? Anything maybe that you were talking about at your table? Yeah, I think um, one of the, like I just said, one of the practical reminders that I have to tell myself daily is just remind myself of the gospel, the good news that Christ came and died, lived a perfect life that, um, and then died the death that I deserve. And then I remind, I almost am too quick to remind myself that I deserve the death every day instead that I deserve that. I, I mean, I don't deserve the life every day. But I need to remind myself of how much I need Christ and how much I need to depend on him and hinge on his word, hinge on every word that he's given me in his word and also just his spirit that is in me, that is comforting me and remind myself of those things in the morning and when I go to bed and everywhere in between, just watch him continually show up. Um, I think for me, it's just saturating myself in the Lord. I um, over Mm. not even just the past year, but just over quarantine and when COVID first hit, I have endless stories of how saying yes to the Lord leads to him using me in ways that I I can't even imagine. Um, And coming out of the summer and just being like, why not say yes? Why not? Just one small step and watching how the Lord can use you in that, it makes you want to say yes more. And it makes you so um, much more in tune with him and um, who he is and what he's trying to do um, and what a privilege it is to be a part um, of his mission here. Um, Knowing knowing who he is um, and allowing him to use me and me dying to myself um, and taking up my cross and being used for the kingdom. That's awesome. I love when you talked about, you know, saying yes to the Lord. One of my takeaways was, um, you know, recently I was, I was really taught this from somebody else and it's been resonating in my heart, but, uh, you know, sometimes we think about obeying God or sort of getting off the fence as this like giant thing that's going to like produce this giant, you know, feat of obedience. But really a lot of times it's just saying yes to God in those small moments. And then he turns that into this big thing, right? Uh, The example that was shared with me was like the story of David and Goliath, right? It's David wasn't going, he wasn't saying yes to God in that moment to go kill a, a giant. He actually was saying yes to God to honor his father, who his father asked him to take food to his brothers who, and to the army and to just check on him. Like his obedience 
was just to go give food to somebody. And then in the midst of that, this giant story of faithfulness happened, right? And I think for us, you know, we just think about the big, you know, and instead it's just like, man, how can I be faithful today? How can I get off the fence today and just, and just be used by Jesus and, and let that small thing produce something way bigger than we could ever do on our own or, or hope to do alone? Yeah, it's crazy to see what the Lord will do with little yeah. tiny acts of right. obedience and just how he blesses it and speaks life into it. That's right. That's right. Well, thank you guys so much for, for this uh, no time today and the episode that we get yeah. to, to hear uh, you know, about. And so we're, we're excited for this sort of little short series on the podcast. We're going to have another episode next week so you can come back and hear a little bit deeper even into this story one more time. Uh, and so we want to make sure that if you're listening to this one, that you come back, click subscribe, uh, go ahead and do that so that it'll, it'll pop up in your feed for next week. Uh, we also wanted to make sure that you know uh, that we do have college night every single month. And for the month of October, that's the first Tuesday in October. That's October 6th. So the first Tuesday of October, that's when we're going to meet again. And uh, But until then, we have some weekly things that we want you to know about. We want you to join a CG, right? Those are weekly. You, you heard these two talk about it. They're both CG leaders here. And, and we have over 50 CGs that are meeting weekly. Some of them co-ed, some of them same gender, meeting on different weeknights, all COVID safe. Uh, that's really the heartbeat of our ministry. So make sure you head to our website or to our Instagram page or you reach out to somebody on the staff team. We'll help you find a CG in the meantime. You can find us on a Sunday morning at Highland. Join us on Sunday mornings. You can be a part of the church family, not just you know at the CG or at college night, but come and be a part of our whole family, grandmas, babies, families, college students, everybody in between coming together on Sunday mornings. Be a part of that with us. And, and we're so excited uh, just as a church to be able to welcome in old and new Highland College students. And so um, we're thankful for your time today and uh, excited for what God's going to do this month as we continue to try to get off the fence, to not live a torn life, but to just sit at Jesus' feet and be used by him faithfully. Thanks for joining us on the Church Fam Podcast with this special series called the Digging Deeper Series. We're so glad that you're with us today. We want to stay connected to you. If you like this podcast, make sure that you click follow or subscribe on your podcast app so that it'll come straight to your phone every time we upload a new episode. We also post a lot on Instagram to keep up with the Church Fam. Make sure they know what's going on. So if you want to follow us at HighlandCM on Instagram, that will make sure that you're always in the know about what's going on in our ministry. We're so glad that you joined us. Hope to see you on a Sunday morning with our whole church family. We hope that you can join us at the next college night or that you're jumping into a CG. Whatever it is, we want to be connected to one another. Love you, church fam.